because we certainly haven't been hearing any good news on the BEE front, uh, City Lodge, and then Servais or Los Swiss Port with uh, what was happening there. What do you make of this one? I I think uh, we have to be honest, it's coming at the right time, and we have to give it to multi-choice, you know. We know a lot of companies have done this broad-based BEE scheme, and some of them were so unsuccessful that they had to refinance them, they had to extend the period, you know. But so far, this one is one of those successful ones, like the one that we have well, seen with the likes of Exaro. I mean, since this whole thing was in the making since 2006, the guys have been paying dividends almost every year. And so far, including this 1.5 billion, the guys will have paid almost 13.4 billion. And here you are taking almost, almost 80,000 shareholders from all walks of life. And I think they managed to get it right. And that's even before multi-choice became unbundled and had to be lifted separately in 2019 because this was done in 2006. Mm-hmm. So I think it's big ups and it's one of those good stories that are saying that, you know what, in these trying times, we can do with some bit of good or positive news. Marco, just remind me again, I mean, how that unbundling of, uh, you know, that NASPAS process, multi-choice story, what impact that had on BEE shareholders in the Putumanati scheme? Uh, because initially they didn't even buy into NASPAS itself. The guys did buy into multi-choice itself. And hence it was easy for them to continue since this whole thing was done in 2006. So uh, as they unbundled and got to be listed separately in 2019, I think the February or so, then 2009 or so, then the guys managed to continue with the very same uh, scheme as is. And they were so profitable, the guys didn't even have to refinance it because this came the way they were done. They were done in such a way that there's some vendor financing and it will be paid by dividends. So that is the paid already, and the mm. guys are able to catch up as much as they can now. Okay. Makwa, let's pause here for a second and uh, take a quick spot break. When we come back, we'll take a look at Blue Label Telecoms. It seems... Uh, Tough times might be over for a Celsius shareholder there. And then we'll uh, try and make sense of the potentially 17 proposals that people have made for SA Express. You would have seen in the Sunday papers uh, over the last few weeks or so, uh, you know, a lot of things being sold off at SA Express uh, as part of that liquidation process. Well, it seems there are some potential suitors that might be interested in that one. And we'll pick that up on the other side of this. Nine minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. You tuned in to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our business wrap, which uh, takes a look at the big stories in the world of business. If you just joined us, we took a look at uh, MultiChoice's uh, BE shareholders who are set to receive a 1.5 billion rand dividend and uh, certainly a payday there for many of those who've uh, bought into Putumanati. But uh, talking about shareholders, uh, Salsi Makwe, we do know the uh, main shareholder there is Blue Label Telecoms. They uh, fell on some tough times last year, had to write down to zero the value of their investment in South Sea because of all of the happenings there. Uh, and it seems now that they've turned pro- uh, profit positive uh, on the back of, yeah. I guess, being able to continue to operate uh, during these difficult moments. Yeah, and I think it just shows you that at some point, you just have to bite the bullet as they did, you know, writing down almost to zero their investment that side. And we know even before 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, the guys have been doing okay because, I mean, we check the sectors that they're involved in. I mean, those are more of not just essential, you know, but those are just necessary things that people have to use every day. The electricity and they provided the mechanism to, to buy the electricity or air time, stuff like that. But now, 2018, when they got into the team, then the guys ended up with a huge debt, and that's what has been breaking them 
forever and ever. Amen. But now you can see now from a, a, a loss that they had of almost of more than 300 cents per share, now they turned into a profit of almost 58 cents per share. That's positive fact. What's very encouraging, as you said, that the debt travel started in 2018. You can see now, even when you look at their interest bearing for borrowing, I mean, they managed to reduce that from 3.2 billion to 2.3 billion, and they didn't reduce that by issuing more shares, stuff like that. But they reduced that because the guys continue to generate positive revenue, and then mainly from their operations, hence they were able to pay down gradually. And even now, the latest results, we could see that they managed to generate cash from operations of over a billion. And I think that's critical when you look at the company, that these guys are generating cash from their day-to-day operations, for, from what they said they started the business for. So if the guys are able to do that, then I think it shows you that they still at least have some legs to, to, to run on. And going forward, I think the company will be a back uh, darling of the market as it used to be before. And mm, remember, and I guess that, that, uh, uh, no, no, please, please complete that point, Marco. Remember, even the investment that they had in India, and they became mm. one of the largest as well. So I'm saying that general principle of the of the business was solid. I think the biggest blunder was that investment that was there that they did in Celsi. And hey, we have to give it to them. I mean, almost all these companies, you know, at any point in time, they did make some wrong investment decisions or investments that didn't work out the way they thought they would work out. But the critical thing is for you to be able to get yourself out of that and still continue to operate. So I think going forward, they still stand a better chance. And I guess, I mean, the, you make a very critical point there, which is that the the strong cash generative ability of uh, an entity like Blue Label Telecoms means that from one year to the next, you can turn around your fortunes uh, in, in a 180 fashion. Um, and uh, they're certainly not a holdings company, so they're probably not going to sit around and cry over uh, what has uh, been happening with C. Uh, talking about crying over stuff, I mean, I certainly, I guess, and even the South African people uh, might be crying over uh, the debris of SA Express, and uh, it seems our 17 proposals from some potential suitors have uh, been doing the rounds on an e-commerce platform. Tell me more about this, Mark. Yeah, and, and we, we hope and pray that it comes to fruition, you know, that these guys, they don't just remain potential, but ultimately then we get someone who will just buy it in the government agrees. But we know no one will buy into that entity the way it is. Because the way it is, that's why it is currently in this position that it is into, that they even had to apply for liquidation. So now, obviously, it makes sense to strip away some of the things, because most of these entities, if you do that and it becomes a linear machine, you should be able not just to operate, but more importantly, to be able to compete. We know this industry is very competitive, and also when you look at some of the variables that they don't have control over, the likes of the fuel jet, that and have control over that. So stuff like that, we have to make sure that most of the operational costs, you know, are at least so low, so that things that you don't have control over, if it could happen that they go up, like your fuel jet, stuff like that, at least you still have that headroom to be able to survive. And we hope it doesn't end up in a very long, not ending story, like what we see with the big brother that is happening now, that we don't bother that coming or going, and mm. let them at least be able to close this. And this is not looking nice, you know, generally, when we look at this, all this, 
agencies or state-owned enterprises. I mean, we just got the news that the likes of Standard and Charter are suing the land bank for their debt. We don't want to get into such a position. Yo, what are they suing them for? For the default? Yeah, they're suing them Standard and Charter, and the land bank said they're going to defend the case. Remember, Land Bank defaulted 50 billion and also on the interest payment of 120 oh. million. And the interesting thing is the government only guaranteed almost 5.7 billion of that debt. But my point here is, even if you go to court, you manage to win the case, maybe as your Land Bank or mm. maybe as your Express, I think you have dented your image. People don't want to deal with you because, you know, the banking sector, the money sector, the financial sector, the most important thing is trust. So if people don't trust you anymore, then we can't an issue. So if you are able to be sold, and obviously, as we said, you don't want to buy you the way you were because the way you were, you're not generating income. Hence, you are in trouble. You have to do away with some of, some of the parts. Then let it be so that we don't get to that point where now we end up with things that now they have to be liquidated, you know, then because liquidation is a different story. Because people now will get to be treated equally. They might end up maybe getting 50 cents from the every rent invested, if you are like, or they can even get far less than that. So that if you get someone buying you, at least they will put some life into the whole thing. Especially if guys have cash not just to buy you, but cash to pump in for operation. Yeah, because that's what's needed now. I mean, I guess in, a, in an industry with paper-thin margins, you know, that's what you're looking for at the moment, is to not only just turn things around, but to have some form of a capital injection that can give you some working capital to, to be able to continue to uh, uh, take whatever role you had in the market. And it's happening, you know, sort of to visit to, 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 this one, but like what you're seeing in the likes of Pumerella, I mean, that's a bookmaker from the UK, not just buying them, but also in a position to put in some cash going forward. And mm-hmm. now they're having a fight with the, with the Mary Oppenheimer daughters who tried to bail out Pumerella, but as you're saying, it's not just a question of buying the claims and abilities. It's also important to have, to be able to pump in the working capital going sure. forward. And it should be strong enough that you're going to wait for a year or even more than that before you can start realizing some money out of that. If you're looking yeah. to make a quick buck, then unfortunately, I don't think it will work for you. Ish, 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 ish. And I guess that these are some of the lessons here, uh, Mark, where, I mean, uh, you know, I think we've seen in the last 20 years in South Africa, uh, you know, uh, a combination of partial privatizations, privatizations, bailouts, uh, liquidations, business rescue in many of these SOEs. And so I think if somebody were to write an authoritative um, perspective on just what our SOEs have done, maybe between 94 and say 2019, it would make for very compelling reading. No, definitely. And I think in other instances, I bought with the question of people are not flexible enough. People are not, are not being able to change with the changing market. I mean, aviation industry, what it was 20 years back compared to today, it's a different story. We've got a lot of competitors that price coming down, stuff like that. But if you still have that rigid kind of management, then you're going to be in trouble. And I think that applies to almost all industries. If you're not being able to be flexible and being able to look forward. I mean, we always have this argument that, you know, as a CEO of the boss of the company, they're not there to manage what is happening day to day, whatever this has been signed. They're there to be planning going ahead that this is what we need to do. This is how things are evolving going forward. So we need to make sure that we plan ahead so that when those things happen, then we are also ready to be able to adjust as a company, not to manage people day to day. Yeah, and I guess those are some of the uh, 
uh, issues that uh, this uh, story is throwing up here and uh, maybe some people might say uh, you know something better will rise out like a phoenix from the ashes we don't know only time will tell mark where before i let you go it seems load shedding will be our friend into the foreseeable future according to Dereta. he made these remarks at uh, a uh, online webinar of the net group uh, uh, and uh, i don't know what what do you make of this it certainly does show uh, that uh, a lot of overdue maintenance needs to happen because if it doesn't happen uh, if it doesn't happen mark where then as the economy grows we're going to find ourselves in somewhat of a challenge i think we're paying lip service to this whole maintenance thing because all the guys who've been in charge of escom that's what they've been mentioning maintenance 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 that and you know what troubles them is that we're going to be left behind other countries will be able to get out of this covid 19 uh, crisis but with us even if we get out of this, we'll still be having an issue with our electricity. And we know mm. that even before COVID-19, this is one of the things that caused us to be in the recession. Yeah. And apparently, I don't think we're taking this so serious to be able to really deal. And maybe also getting other people to help us. Mm. But Bakwa, you know, I mean, you, you know, with Imotwendaala, uh, Skorokor, that, uh, you know, you, you'll spend a lot of maintenance. You'll feel like last month you, you put in so much money and then, you know, there's something else that's wrong. And uh, I think one of the remarks that Dereta was making here was that some of these plants will really humble you because you might think that you, you've turned the curve, you've sorted out the midlife maintenance, and then, you know, there's a boiler that just bursts or there's a certain thing, but maybe valley where then it's not closed. So I don't know. I mean, these are 60, 50-year-old babies. One would think that uh, maintenance should be a priority throughout. But, you know, even when you talk about Imotan Dal, you know, don't you have this whole thing of revamping the engine? Don't you have this whole thing of oh, trying overhaul, to make sure yeah, that yeah. you unpack and repack the engine? You know, things like that can be done. And to the point that I mentioned about the leader of an institution, these are the things that you should have been planning ahead, and I'm not blaming it on him. He just said it now, that going ahead, people should have known that this thing will be old. This thing, when we installed it, we know the lifespan is six years. Now we are sitting at 20 years. What are we doing to make sure that it doesn't get to that 30 years and you start fixing it? That's training ahead. There are new models, you know. There are new things that you can install that to make sure that the very same plant continues to run by installing the new technology. Or if you don't do that, you could have had other producers long time ago to be able to help you because you know that the lifespan of this thing is X amount. If you tell me that, okay, that we really expect, you know, some national disaster, then it destroys our, 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 our power plant. Then it's a different story. But it's not a natural disaster. Makwe, we'll have to leave Hello? it there, my brother. Always a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, you have yourself a great weekend and take strength.